worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today, joined over the phone, we're joined by Doug from the Fort McMurray Catholic School Division Saints football team. So starting it out, who are you and what do you do? Hi, my name is Douglas Robertra. I'm the co-head coach of the Fort McMurray Saints football team. Yeah, I'm a teacher at Holy Trinity School. I teach uh, grade nine currently right now. I kind of just do whatever they tell me, but I'm also uh, the co-head coach of the Fort McMurray Saints football team, which is uh, an amalgamation of all the public and Catholic high schools in uh, Fort McMurray. And we, bring, we pull all the players together and we play in a uh, league up in uh, Grand Prairie. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of who I am, where I'm from. Uh, I've been coaching with this team for three years now. I just me- recently made the uh, co-head coach with Kevin Garbuya. And before that, um, I had coached for about 10 years in Airdrie. Um, I was head coach of the Bantam team for three years. I was uh, coaching with the high school team that I went to in Airdrie as well. So I've been coaching for a while, but happy to make transition change and come on up to Fort McMurray. For sure. How did you get appointed to that role? I understand it's kind of more recent change for you. Yeah, so Coach Garbuio, who's the vice principal at Holy Trinity, he was asking for some help administratively and doing some things that way uh, with the football team. And we, we had kind of been working closely together over the last two years. And unfortunately, with his role as vice principal and then having to send so many teachers, we couldn't always send uh, himself as well. So a lot of times uh, I was kind of filling in that de facto kind of role when we were on the road and those kinds of things. And uh, he kind of just decided to kind of make it like an official title this last year where he called me the co-head coach and it's just been something that seems to be working out really well and Kevin and I work uh, pretty well together the things that he's good at I'm not and things that I'm bad at he's good at so it seems to work pretty well awesome what are some things that you do enjoy about like football in general maybe coaching football and teaching the kids yeah the thing I always say to people about football that makes it so different is the work to play ratio is five to one meaning like you're usually having four or five practices for every one game and it's a really special sport in that way where you really get to make people have to delay that gratification where they're working towards something and see like a lot of other sports like maybe like hockey or soccer or other things where they try and push as many games as possible but football is very different in that you really need to do the practicing to make sure kids are safe and you need to make sure kids are learning all the plays and the formations and all these different things so I think it's a lot different than any other game which is why I think I like it so much and the growth that you see in these individuals over a long period of time to see them in high school from their 10th grade season all the way to graduating seniors you see a lot of those uh, on the field learning outcomes attributed to their everyday lives so for sure and then actually going into why you're here today the football field that you guys usually practice play use daily kind of thing it actually flooded following some pretty heavy rain earlier this year what was your experience with it flooding yeah when i first moved up here a little over three years ago now the very first thing that i did was i took pictures of the field and i was bragging to all my friends about it uh, down south in airtree uh, we have facilities in fort mcmurray that rival anywhere else in alberta and definitely uh, anywhere where I've coached before. I was actually on
on a committee in Airdrie before I moved up here to try and get funding and approvals for a field turf field. And in Fort McMurray, we had one that we got to practice on. So we are incredibly lucky here to have what we have. And there was, during our spring camp, there was a little bit of rainfall and uh, we started noticing that one area of the field was flooding again. And this is one of these issues that had kind of come up uh, multiple times before where uh, the, the south end of the field by the police station would tend to constantly flood and it wouldn't really drain. And these were things that we would bring up to the city and we would try and bring it to their attention. And they said that the field was always functioning as intended. But myself knowing that like when I was trying to get proposals into the city talking about like what in Airdrie about why these fields are so good and why they're beneficial is because they actually do drain. They drain right away and they don't pool and they're a lot safer for people to use because of a lot of these reasons. We were consistently told that it's functioning as intended, functioning as intended and just kind of have to deal with the puddles that would stand there for like long periods of time. We might be there for a week or so in that one end zone. And then um, so it was something we kind of adapted to uh, over time. But then there's other maintenance issues and stuff that we had to deal with as well uh like around like the 35 yard line on the north end uh there was kind of like a divot in the ground like a one inch divot and it just kind of went all the way across the whole field so we would always have to practice about 10 yards in front of that and make sure that we don't go back towards it so it was just one of these things we're constantly trying to bring awareness to the maintenance issues that were coming up in this field it just being a public use field and everybody can kind of get into it they start thinking it's just like any other field and they can treat it however they want and it just really wasn't conductive to maintaining these beautiful fields that we have but fast forward into spring this year uh, when we were looking uh, to go into our jamboree near the mid middle of June uh, we had about four or five days of sustained rain and the field just totally flooded um, after about the third day there was probably about three feet of water and you could see that the actual turf field uh, was floating on top of the water um, there was kids that were running across of it when it was floating and then they would go off and they'd be up to their waist at least in water one of the more interesting pieces when kids were like actually swimming in it like you saw like some younger kids that like got their bathing suits and stuff and they're swimming in the water which kind of a little bit gross but it's just one of the realities of things that were happening for sure and, and we were seeing this and then even one day I was driving to work one day and it was still raining out and we saw that like facilities maintenance had the, the sprinklers on and this is when we were emailing the city saying like this really needs to stop we need to get into our field what can we do about this and uh, the water after the rain had kind of stopped there after we finished our jamboree it, it stayed there for about four or five days and the water levels wasn't really going down it started raining again and they had said that they got a special tool that they were coming out to go and get the water out and then it was about another it was probably until like the 23rd 24th of June when they finally drained the field and uh, Coach Garb and I had walked down to the field and just kind of assessed the damage and uh, we were kind of praying uh, that the sea cans actually were like watertight but anything where you're sitting in two feet of water and you can see the water line on the inside of it for weeks at a time it's going to end up seeping in and we just couldn't get down to the field and get into it and once we did we we opened it up and immediately saw that there was like uh, mold growing all in the sea cans and it was all over our practice bags and we talked to the city uh, at that point kind of letting them know what had happened and uh, we actually had asked to go and speak to council but we were denied our uh, we were denied that and they had just sent out the parks director to come and speak to us and Kevin spoke to them and he, he reiterated the same thing that uh, the fields were working as expected and then he had 
also told us that uh, in the drains there was a piece of plywood that was stuck within the drain so then it actually wasn't draining so we were trying to figure out as expected versus what was actually happening and we really weren't getting good answers from that end and uh, then when we talked to our uh, administration at the district they had completely advised us like if you're seeing the black mold there's no way that we can use this equipment we got to get rid of all of it so we started doing an assessment total and it was about thirty thousand dollars worth of damage that we had uh, with uh, all of the bags and blocking equipment and stuff football is a little bit different than some of the other sports where you can't just throw a football on the field and just practice with a singular football there's uh, some things that we try and do as a team to try and limit the contact and some of the other things that we do because you know concussions and everything else are a reality in our sport and uh, we want to try and limit that as much as possible and that means we don't hit each other as much we hit bags we do tackling drills on bags we do about 30 to 40 plays a week where we call it green tempo and that's where we actually do full out tackling the rest of it will do yellow tempo where it's like rap we're actually working with people but we do like a thousand reps a week on tackling bags but now we don't have them we're going to have to try and adjust what we're trying to do and that's the thing that we're struggling the most with we're talking to doug about the flooding of the fort mcmurray saints football field we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back we're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're joined by Doug from the Fort McMurray Saints football team to talk about their football field flooding. Was it because, like, from wear and tear that you believe it's flooding, or is it just because, like, that's how it's built and that's how it's been kind of thing? Um, well, definitely part of it is vandalism. One of the things is, like, the, the public is, the, the field is open to public, which is an awesome thing if you think about it. Uh, like, when we want to have these facilities, we want people to be able to use them. But unfortunately, it's one of these things where if there is, you know, an opportunity for people to go down into a valley way, like, because it's down into a sunken little area, like, that's where kids and teenagers and stuff are probably going to end up hanging out. That's where I would have been hanging out when I was a teenager as well. You know, you start making some bad de- decisions. Like there was burn marks in the field, which we had found out was from uh, teenagers lighting a tire on fire and rolling it across the field. Uh, There were sections missing from the turf. Um, This wasn't just like wear and tear. Like this was this was malicious intent from a lot of people. And um, it was one of these things where we're saying like we should have a fence on this field. We should make it so we close the park at certain times at night. And part of our response when we got when we heard they were supposed to be closing the park was that like if we close the park and put in fences, people will end up sneaking in it's like well yes but then you have the ability to like at least deter them with offense and giving them trespassing warnings and trespassing like offenses and stuff so it's just kind of been one of those like management issues on our end and now we're kind of seeing what probably happened is that uh there's a hole somewhere in the field and people were just shoving garbage and wood and stuff down it and now like it's the primary users of the facility that are the ones that we're trying to take care of it and let people know about the maintenance issues that are having to pay for it for sure and i understand like the thirty thousand dollars is that just for your equipment or is that also for like repairing the field that's just for our equipment um like as an organization we aren't really taking on the responsibility to repair the field now i know that like um a lot of like the underlay from underneath the field because it was actually floating there and there's pieces that are ripped out and um there's images that you can see um where the the soft padding underneath the field is all underneath where the scoreboard and stuff is now to replace that like there's a potential where you might have to replace the entire field and if you have to do that and you have to replace the entire thing and they're going to go back to turf and they're not just going to put in like grass in that field down below 
the, the cost of that is uh, is incredibly high. I know in Airdrie we were looking at uh, putting that in. We finally got final funding and stuff done. Uh, it's going to be between two and three million dollars. Um, I can't say for sure that that's what Fort McMurray is going to have to be paying to repair this field. But once they do the assessment and they actually have to look at it, we'll definitely know more. But um, it's really unfortunate that these things have to happen because it's a maintenance and security issue. For sure. Like, is the field even usable at all for you guys? Like, how are you guys pivoting with that? Yeah. So the field isn't usable. The the field the city has actually kind of closed down and kind of condemned the field until they kind of do further damage assessment of it. So as a team that uh, has practiced out of Holy Trinity for the last four years, um, we're actually moving over to Father Mercury, which is a little bit different for us because like we're now practicing on grass. So now there's just like just like additional uh, inconveniences that go along with that. And grass itself is not one of those things that holds up to a football team practicing and playing on it for a long period of time. And the Bantam team in town is also practicing on the same field. So what's going to happen is you're going to get like really large dead spots in the grass where like areas have like died out. And then it's one of those things where you got to constantly keep painting it. And then we also are in Northern Alberta and it doesn't stay green forever. So even painting lines and doing those kinds of things doesn't necessarily work when it comes to playoff time or end of October. So we had these beautiful facilities that uh, people always wanted to come up and see us play in them and play on our like turf fields and those kinds of things. And we can't really show them off. And it's pretty disappointing for us as a team and a coaching Staff. Sounds definitely pretty disappointing. Disappointing for the kids as well that miss out on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It, is there any way that the community can support you, especially since you guys are missing that 30000 Yeah, so the community actually has been really great supporting us. We have we have a fundraiser that's on our Facebook page that people can access. And uh, so pe- it's a money dolly fundraiser. So people have just been going to the FMCSD Saints Facebook page and accessing it through there. It should be a public page where people can go in. And uh, they've been donating uh, large or small amounts like all over the place. Myself coming from Airdrie, actually, um, when I posted this, um, the football community in Airdrie actually reached out immediately and and uh, they were really supportive of this. And I had friends and people that I'd coached with down south where they uh, just started doing like random 20 to $25 donations. And it's actually helped us quite a bit. And then the, the league that I coached in down south in Calgary, the Calgary Bantam Football Association, where I was head coach of the Airdrie Raiders down there. Uh, they heard my story. They got in contact with me earlier today. And um, they actually offered to donate $2,000 for us because of the work that I had done down south there and said that those were supportable programs and stuff there. So the football community is a very tight-knit, supportive group of people. And I've been getting calls and people have been reaching out from all over the province, which has been really nice. But we can always still use more support from uh, community members and those kinds of things. So if you just uh, go into our Facebook group and find the Money Dolly thing, and I think there'll also be a link with our our interview here that you guys are going to be posting as well. For sure. And is there anything else about like the football field, about your season coming up, just about football in general you want to let people know before we finish up? Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like I had said earlier, football is a special sport where it's definitely not for everybody, but it's for everybody. There, there's people that can play it uh, regardless of height, size, weight, whatever, and uh, we, we really love our sport and how inclusive it is, and uh, we really like um, having people out and participating, and uh, we, we just really want to make sure that we have a successful season and then with the help of everybody else in the community and all of the people around the province, it's been really great. So we're excited and it's, it's going to be a good year. Uh, regardless of this little setback, we're a pretty resilient group. So I just want to say thank you for your time as well. Awesome. I just want to say thanks, Doug, for letting us know about what's going on with the field right now. Thank you so much. 
the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.